uh, the sermon for this evening uh, is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, chapter 6, verses 1 to 11. Uh, this sermon is entitled, Joyfully Lutheran, will be baptism, being rescued from, the, from death and the devil. Christmas in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I know if you were um, attentive enough uh, this evening, uh, you would probably realize, boy, didn't Pastor preach on this on Sunday? Did you notice? I don't know if you noticed. Did you notice that? I don't know. But uh, it's always interesting, this text, because I think um, there's something about this text that we can never really tell ourselves I already know that, that we need to hear it again and again. And I guarantee you this is not the same sermon. It's, it's actually very different. Um, but um, it's still based on the same text. But here it goes. Uh, it begins with uh, Harrison, as I also mentioned uh, this quote on Sunday, but in his book, Joyfully Lutheran, he says, in fact, baptism is described in the New Testament as a movement from death to life. Uh, this is not because baptism is a symbolic act that buries us in the water like Christ was buried in the tomb. But baptism is a real and die, real dying and rising with Christ. Because in baptism we are connected with Jesus. All that is His becomes ours. Baptism really connects us with Jesus' death and its benefits. Baptism really forgives our sins and makes us alive because it connects us with Jesus. The promise is not only that I shall live beyond the but also that I, this very body and soul, shall rise with Christ from death to eternal life. Indeed, baptism is a real dying and rising with Christ. Baptism really forgives our sins and makes us alive. Baptism is a movement from death to life given by our Lord, by His grace, by His means, to all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Holy baptism, being rescued from death and the devil. I think the word death that just very single word can be very horrifying to many people of this world. I suppose it's how people view death. A lot of people view death as an hourglass, right? The sand traveling through the throat of that hourglass, and we may wonder how many grains of sand exist in our lives, and how long will we live? How many grains of sand do we have left? How long will they last? And though it may sound daunting, for many, this is the way of life. The view of life, and therefore in this view, humanity thinks, a lot of this world thinks, that life is short, that time is Limited, and we have simply, and we have to simply do everything we can because of this short time. And well, time is only consistent of this temporal life, because afterward, well, there is a departure 
to the end. No more, nothing left at all, complete nothingness. And for many of this world, this is what the picture of death looks like. A terrifying one, if you ask me. And yes, by nature, death is terrifying because it's the most unnatural thing in life. So we know according to Genesis 3, death came through the disobedience of man. Adam and Eve, yes, they had it all, oneness with God. Being made in His image, timelines were not timelines. It was eternity. This was the natural life with God forever. Death was never part of that equation. Well, until they fell. And that indeed, right there, they realized that, I mean, that the devil was actually wrong and quite deceptive. But though the evil bow said, you will surely not die if you eat from this tree. Well, they ate. Sin came in the world. Death and the grave came into existence. And through original sin, born into sin, we also are. Where death is part of our lives too. And spiritually speaking, as it reads in the scriptures, we are indeed, because of the sin of Adam and Eve, as we are inheritors of this sin, we are spiritually dead and enemies of God. In other words, we cannot, because of our spiritual condition, we cannot dig ourselves out of the grave. That in itself is a terrifying picture for many people. Yet as humans, what do we try to do? We try to pull out the shovel from the proverbial shed and say, I can dig myself out. Right? If, you have, if I just do good enough, or if I'm right before God, if, if I just am a benevolent person, if I just earn my way by my merits, I could just pull out that shovel and just dig myself out of this grave that I was born into. That maybe, just maybe, I can escape the reality of death. I think we went over this probably a couple weeks ago, I believe, I don't remember, but we spoke about the story of Lazarus in the Gospel of John, and it reminds all of us that without the help, without the Word, without the grace of the Lord, without the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, the grave is left for what it is, eternally condemned, separated from God. And yes, Lazarus was dead indeed. The odors of death was surrounding him. Mary and Martha, their tears, weeping, knowing, Lord, if he had come earlier, you could have saved our brother. Death was here, and death seemed to be the end for their brother. Yet by the words of the God, he said, Lazarus, Jesus said, come out. The bandages in tow, he came out, rose from the grave, and by Jesus' words, he was made alive. This was a foretelling of what was to come. 
That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That I am He, the resurrection and the life. And through His very own death, His death upon the cross, there He would die and wash away the sins of the world. The great physician providing the remedy Himself as the Lamb of God. The remedy that is salvation for all the world. That He would be the only one who could possibly, and He does, Reverse the seemingly impossible dead end of this hopeless curse of death. Jesus, opening the graves by his empty tomb, the resurrection, bringing victory to the graves, knowing that death has indeed lost its sting. And he has delivered humanity from these very graves, as it reads in Colossians 1. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins or as it reads uh, one chapter later in the book of Colossians chapter 2 having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead the world in itself and our very own hands, death can be a very terrifying discussion. A conversation that we'd rather just kind of push to the side and not think about. But for us, as we read the scriptures, as we dwell upon what Jesus has done, as we dwell upon what, it just, what has just been read in Colossians 2 about baptism as we are connected with Christ also in Romans 6, death becomes a completely different conversation. Yes, of course, there is still grief when we see a loved one that has gone before us. But for the faithful even in the midst of death and the heaviest grief that we might face with those that have gone before us, there is still hope and comfort that is rooted in Christ. His death and resurrection, and because Jesus lives, you also shall live. Giving to you, though you look forward to it, right now, the eternal present possession that you have eternal life all by what Jesus has done for you. The conversation changes in the midst of death because we very well know that by the work of Christ, the hourglass is shattered and eternity is yours. No more timelines, no more living just for the temporal, but knowing full well that we live in eternity right now because of what God has given to us in Christ Jesus because of Jesus' words pertaining to baptism. Harrison writes, The devil hates baptism. He works overtime to turn the gospel of baptism into a work that we do. He would rob the treasure from us and leave us with a bad conscience looking for knowledge of God's will and purpose for our lives anywhere but in the very place where God has given us all we need. Baptism. Again, the devil is saying, use a shovel. 
escape the grave by your works. Look anywhere but God's word and his promises. Take that shovel. Dig, 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 and dig, and try your hardest to escape this death that you are so fearful of. The Lord can't do it for you. That word, the water, how could that be? That doesn't work. Go take the shovel out of that shed, and you work your way, climbing your way to God. That is what the devil tries to do. Do anything to turn you away from the gospel of holy baptism. Why? Because he very well knows this gift does actually release you from the bondage of sin and death. And this gift is with you in your baptism. That God has given you faith. That he gives you a different story, a different lens, a narrative that breaks the grave. That gives you the peace which this world can never give you. And that is the peace of Christ. Don't you see? Your life is robed in His righteousness. That's what baptism has given you. And when you're robed in His righteousness, you're robed in His death. You're robed in His work, His resurrection. And you have the greatest and glorious, most victory that only God can give you. And there, as you read in 1 Corinthians 15, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Those are your words. Because that's what baptism gives you. No more stinging. No more, no more defeat. But victory. This is your Jesus giving you his very words. And our faith clings to those very words. Knowing that God is with us every step of the way. All by his word. You are forgiven of all of your sins by his word. No stone of sin unturned. No grave deterred from opening. No shovel needed to escape because your name is written in the book of life because your faith is in the word that has been given to you by his grace. And yes, the devil will turn you. He will try his hardest. But where do we go? We go to where our faith clings. And that is God's word. And there in God's word, the devil is speechless. He is muted. The evil foe has no potency whatsoever. Because God has given you all that you need. I know on Sunday we, we preached on this text. Now, as, as I was writing it, um, again, honestly, I didn't look on my, on my sermon from last Sunday. But I think maybe we should just preach on this again because I think the baptismal life that we have is, in the midst of all the things that we face, is, is easily forgotten. I know life is busy. Life can stretch us to and fro. The, the spiritual attacks are always there from the devil. The demands... And the weakness of this flesh, it's easy to forget the gifts that God has uniquely given to us by His grace. But I pray, I pray for you that you hear this word, that it may go well with you, knowing that in this word, 
every grain of sand is no longer. Because, my friends, your faith is in what God has done for you. And in this faith you go. Knowing that when you hear those words on Sunday in the invocation in the name of the Father and, and, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, when you see the sign of the cross, it is the immediate reminder that even now you are clothed with His grace. That His righteousness has carried you from death to life. That you have been reconciled to God all by what He has done for you by the gift of your baptism. No one can take that away from you. This is where your faith is. This is Jesus' word. And there we find our comfort and peace. A life that is full. A life that is complete. A life that is in Jesus Christ. The same name that continues to lead you this very day as you endure and persevere in the one true faith. So go. Full in the forgiveness of sins. Go full with the keys to eternal life. And go in full confidence in Christ Jesus. That the death and the devil, all of his accusations, all those fears are quelled. Go. Because in Christ, Baptism indeed saves you. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Midweek Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.